developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. and thanks for listening tonight. My name is Sandman, and I'm going to be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call parareality. Welcome to the show, everybody. So, you know that I always like to hear from people who listen to the podcast, whether it be emails asking questions about a particular episode or comments people you know from people saying they like the podcast or even from people who don't like it I enjoy hearing from everybody and I also get a lot of people who write into the show or get in touch with me through my social media accounts and they make suggestions about potential topics for an episode the podcast too and not too long ago Listener Matt sent word to me that he'd like to hear an episode about Stargates. Now, I've actually never talked about Stargates before, and I thought that that was a pretty good idea, to be honest with you. Now, for those of you who don't know what Stargates are, let me give you the down-and-dirty, real-quick, Reader's Digest condensed version they're wormholes or portals to other worlds, and that's that's basically it. And I've never really broached this the topic of Stargates. And uh, Matt, out there, this is for you, buddy. I appreciate the uh, suggestion, and uh, I think it makes for a good podcast episode. So, Matt, this is for you. So tonight, I'll be discussing 10 ancient sites that might be Stargates. And as an added bonus, at the co-host desk is the resident scientist, skeptic, 
and Stargate enthusiast, the incomparable John Harrison. Hey. So learn. Oh, hey, <laughs> hey, what's up? It would help if I turn your mic on. Hi, hi, yeah. So to learn more about these Stargates, everybody, you're gonna have to turn on, tune in, and find out. But before we start talking about Stargates. Let's take a little bit of time to answer some fan mail. Now, this comes from my Twitter account. And I hope that I'm pronouncing this right. Because you all know that I have a tendency to slaughter words and stuff like that. But this comes from Venous on Twitter. And he tweeted to me, Stuff's about Tantra, I guess. Will be a good pod. Will be good podcast material for parareality. Tantra. Tantra. Now, like the chakra and all that stuff. Too. I'm assuming. Okay. I'm I'm assuming. I I, I really don't know. So Vinius, uh, thanks for uh, suggesting that. Um, I don't really know if uh, I don't really know what you mean by tantra. Uh, that could be like Hindu mysticism, or uh, it could be Zen, you know, like Sans, Sanskrit stuff. Could be, could you know chakras, all that sorts of stuff. Right. I'll, I'll be honest uh, with you. The first well, thing that came to my mind was tantric sex. I'm like, this show is not, it's not that kind of podcast. Well, it, maybe Mohindro Daro and the, the nuclear war with the you, mm. they used the vimanas. You know, mm. could be. Could be that, that could apply ancient Sanskrit teachings. Besides, that's where Doctor Strange got all his knowledge from, right? Well, this is yeah, that's absolutely correct. Um, but yeah, so you know, this um, matter of fact, there might be a Stargate in some you know Tibetan temple. That's that's all a distinct possibility as well. I don't know. I I really have to. Uh, I really need a little bit more. Uh, I am your advocate, whoever that was that wrote in. I really need a little bit more meat to that. I don't know exactly what he means. So, Venomous, if you're listening to this, uh, please email me, sandman at periality.com, or send me another tweet or something and elaborate a little bit more about Tantra and what you mean by that. Yeah, because I'm, I'm always Hindu, open. Hinduism isn't like it's been around for the past, like, eight fucking thousand years or anything like that. Right. It's, fairly, <laughs> it's pretty broad. Yeah. Fairly new on, on the religious genre. <laughs> So, yeah, Which so, has got so much interesting stuff to explore in it, by the way. It does. It does. So, Venomous, I need a little bit more uh, explanation about what you mean by Tantra. And, you know, uh, obviously, I do take listener suggestions because this whole episode tonight is based off of a suggestion from listener Matt. So, um, since, you know, actually, you know, the whole uh, episode about nothing but chakras, that would be kind of cool, too. Maybe so. So... Venomous, thanks for the suggestion. Give me a little bit more. Send me another tweet or email me or something like that. And um, let me know a little bit more about what you're thinking for Tantra. But on to Matt's idea and suggestion for the evening. Oh, but before. But before. Before we do that. Listen to this. Hero Reality is a proud member of the Straight Up Strange Podcast Network. To learn more about all the awesome podcasts that are members of the Straight Up Strange family, go to straightupstrange.com and get strange. 
Hey, how would you like to be an agent of chaos? What is chaos? It's the knowledgeable apprentices of Sandman, and that's what I call my Patreon account members. I'm looking for new agents, and I'd love it if you'd sign up to become one. There are three levels of agents, and all are extremely affordable, $5 a month or less. Each level offers exclusive content, along with the ability to help create podcast episodes, and even the chance to be a guest or a co-host. To learn more, head on over to patreon.com slash parareality. 100% of the proceeds from Patreon goes back into producing quality content for this podcast. You are listening to the Parareality Podcast, your information source for conspiracy theories, UFOs, the paranormal, and all things unexplained. New episodes drop the first Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. Listen on your favorite podcast station. Turn on, tune in, and find out. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. All right, now. Oh, you did your own promos. I did. I got to so go back nice. and redo that because I said the first Friday. It's actually the first and third, so I got to go back and redo that. You did such a good job. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Well, whose voice was that in the in the in the last part? It was all me. It was all you. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. So, thanks to Matt, we're going to be talking about Stargates tonight. But before we get into Stargates. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> co-host, resident skeptic, scientist, chemist, medical professional, all-around smart guy, Mr. John Harrison's in the co-host chair. <laughs> oh my God. Fucking theme music. Perfect. She blinded perfect. me with science. And that's what you're doing over there. You're blinding me with all your sciencey stuff, Mr. Harrison. <laughs> oh my fucking god! Yep. That's your new theme music, sir. That is your new theme music. I cannot fucking believe you just did that. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, thanks to Matt, we're going to be talking about Stargates this evening. Do that again. <laughs> and only once per show. We're going to be talking about Stargates this evening, specifically 10 ancient sites that might be Stargates. Many ancient cultures speak of portals to other worlds and gateways to star systems where their creators reside. Conventional wisdom tells us that these tales are... Nothing more than myths and legends. However, recent declassified FBI files have stated that our Earth has been visited by beings from other dimensions and other planets. Even NASA has announced that quote-unquote portals do indeed appear to be hidden from the Earth's magnet, hidden within the Earth's magnetic field. And that makes some of us, myself included, wonder if the legends of these stargates, portals, and wormholes may have some degree of truth to them. 
So tonight we're going to talk about 10 sites that are not only ancient, but possibly could be stargates. And we're going to start with number 10, count down to one. So number 10 on the list is the gate number of, 10. Yes, the gate of the gods in Hayumarca, Peru. And this 19, one does not surprise me whatsoever. It's Peru for God's sakes. There's a lot of stuff that's associated with ancient aliens. I mean, that in this, Peru. Isn't that where um, Von Danken got his idea? It's from the, the Nazca lines in Peru. Uh, it's one of one of the places where he he discussed. Yes, yes. Uh, so in 1996, it was discovered by a guy named Jose Luis Delgado Miami while he was trying to learn the layout of the area for uh, a, a job that he had just started as a tour guide. And uh, the Gate of the Gods at Hayumarca in Peru is said by native tribes to have once acted as a gateway to the land of the gods, hence the name Gate of the Gods. Now, Miami even claims that he had dreams of this doorway for several years before he accidentally found it. And in his dream, he said that the pathway leading to the doorway was made of pink marble and had also witnessed uh, he had also witnessed a smaller door that was open with a brilliant blue light coming from what looked like a shimmering tunnel. Zool. <laughs> this doorway is no, actually, actually, that's Zool. Remember, from the, Ghost remember the scene from Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters? Yes. Right, it had pink, and then there was a blue door in the middle of it, and the pyramid that opened, and Zool came out. Mm, I don't remember that. I remember Zool. Yeah, wasn't Zool in the refrigerator? I thought Zool was in the refrigerator. No, that was the demon dog. Okay. All right, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. Right. It's so. worth a watch. You should watch it again. It's good. It's a good. It flick. is. It is. Can't. It's the remakes certainly sucked. Right. Yeah. Right. Just had to stick with the original. Yes. So this doorway, like Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Crystal Skull. No. Yeah, no, no bueno. No. no is bueno. This doorway is actually two doorways, almost in a T shape. The larger one, uh, it measures about uh, twenty-two feet wide by twenty-two feet high while the smaller one is uh, about uh, six and a half feet in the middle of the base. And legends state that the larger door is for the gods themselves, and the smaller door is for us mere mortals to pass through. And some heroic mortals actually did, becoming immortal themselves so that they could live among the gods. I thought I have actually seen pictures of this, and for God's sakes, I think it was from one of those... Into the Unknowns with Leonard Nimoy or some Ooh. shit like that. You know, um, where they had these walls where, you know... The, in Search Of. Yes. With Leonard Nimoy. Right, yeah. right. It, it's like you have a rock face with just a, a carved-out letter T that's just fucking gigantic, and you're like, who the fuck would have made something like this? And why? It's one of those things that it's like on the face of it just absolutely mm. makes no sense whatsoever. The Peruvians made it. Right. Or the ancient aliens who were in Peru at the time made it. Now, well, and one can only wonder. We may never know. Yes, we may never know, and that's the mystery. That is, that is one is, of the many mysteries. Which is why it's just so rich for. It's so rich, <laughs> because 
there is a mystery, and no one will ever know what the That's fuck right. is going on That's here. Right. And we might not ever know how in the hell they and did people like this. Speaking or of mysteries, how people did like this. Speaking of mysteries, one of the legends about uh, a mortal passing through the doorway appears to lend a little credibility to uh, Miami's alleged dream. This story goes that when Spanish explorers arrived in Peru in the 16th century, they were, of course, looting the Incas and everything. That's why know, we don't know, because treasure. the fucking Spanish came through, yeah. and they just absolutely, r- literally raped, pillaged, and plundered everything and just destroyed an entire civilization. Right, and as they were, were looting these Inca, Inca riches, there was a priest named Amaru Maru who fled from his temple with a very valuable golden disc. And that disc was said to be the key of the gods of the seven rays. That's what that disc was, the key of the god of the seven rays. The key of the god of the seven rays. The key of the gods, plural, of the the seven rays. Yes. Now, Amaru Maru found the doorway, and he saw that it was guarded by a shaman priest. And he presented this golden disc to them, and following some sort of ritual that they performed, the smaller doorway opened, and behind that was a tunnel that had a, a, a blue light that was shining through it. And Amaru Maru passed into the doorway and left the disc with the shaman priest and vanished from this earth to the land of the gods. Now, interestingly, investigators did discover a small, round indention in the rock on the right-hand column of the smaller doorway. And their examinations led them to believe that should a disc-shaped object be inserted into the indention, that it would be held in place by the surrounding rock. What do you think about that? Silence. Lots of silence. I'm trying to catch up here. (laughs) So, answer me this. I should have talked about this before we started. So, when we were talking, and I was saying how, oh, I got to record a, you know, I got to go. So, where did the gold disc go to? It just... If she left it behind, oh, that was that must have been stolen by the Spanish then, right? Don't know what happened to it. Amaru so, Maru left. So if you put a disc into this priest. thing, it would open the Stargate? Maybe, but it has to be the right disc. And maybe it has to be the key of the gods of the seven uh, rays. But we don't know what happened to that disc. Spanish into mystery. So that's how you open the Stargate, but the key has gone lost. There's as no, far as we know. There's no dial the home device. Not right now. See, don't know what happened to it. It's a, it's a mystery. It is a mystery. That moves us on to number nine, Abu Ghraib, Egypt, the place of the gods. Again, not an unsurprising place to have a Stargate, right? Right. Because that's where they come from. I mean, Egypt, how can you not have an Egyptian Stargate on a, on a top ten list exactly. of Stargates? So in Abu Ghraib, Egypt, the place of the gods, the Abu Sir pyramids, the site of Abu Ghraib, has claimed to be one of the oldest sites on the planet. And within the Abu Ghraib lies an ancient 
platform made out of alabaster, and it's said to be in tune with the vibration of the earth. And people also believe that it can open the senses in order for a person to communicate and like be one with higher sacred energies of the universe. Essentially, this is a stargate, and the sacred energies were the netters or the gods. And interestingly, legends of their communication and way of travel between their world and ours pretty much mirrors the legends out of the Cherokee Native Americans here in the United States. Now, the Cherokee tell of how thought beings, these formless beings, that they could travel on a wave of sound from their home in the Pallades star system to Earth. And as the legends of Abu Ghraib being a stargate, they're also signs of what some people would perceive to be advanced technology having been used to create this site. One example is the perfectly precise circular markings that have been drilled into the alabaster. So once again, we have circles in the hard stone or rock. Right. In this case, alabaster. You have to rotate the inner circle so that the constellation shape the lines at the, the points now, where you want to go. Okay, so this brings me back to a point that I was going to make before you cut me off earlier, which is when I, we were talking about this episode, I was saying to you earlier just in passing that I was going to record a, a podcast here in the secret bunker, and you said, well, what, what are you going to do your episode on? And I said, Stargates. And you became a little offended that I had not asked you to come on and talk about Stargates because you are a Stargate enthusiast. Of course, I've been giving you shit about it all night. And I didn't really make the connection. I will, I will admit, you, you watch uh, that Stargate SG-1 television show. It's one of the best shows ever, man. I've never really sat down and watched it, so I didn't make the connection that... That was about General Jack these kinds of stargates. Badass man, it's always I, bringing it to the Gould. I did not make the connection that this was that was this kind of stargate. I thought that was like all about interdimensional travel to parallel universes or something. Because I never really watched the show. I didn't know it was about traveling to other worlds here in this dimension. Oh this no, universe. man! This is this is why the stargate television show exists is what you're talking about right well i did not i i admit I'm, is, i was totally ignorant to that fact this is exactly why you know god's traveling through stargates between here and and the heavens is exactly why we have the stargate sci-fi show that we do well i'm glad that you and i had the conversation and which led me to invite you on to to co-host exactly because you can kind of uh, just from being a fan of the show and knowing about stargates you can kind of like you're i'm not going to say you're the the stargate expert here because you're certainly no not, well, i'm i mean i love the show, show but expert right but this is just absolute candy for me it truly is well well i i i apologize for offending you no, but no, no, you didn't defend me. I was just going, you fucking bastard. <laughs> I'm going to well, give you grief about this. Well, How did you spring this on me? Well, well, How did you not think that I would be interested in this? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. 
So anyway, here you are. And thank, yes. thanks for coming back on. This is two, two episodes in a row. So are thanks. you kidding me? I love being on. I love having you on. It's great. Thank you. Let's move on to number eight, shall we? Yes. The ancient stone arrangement in Lake <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> you thought I was mad with you. <laughs> Good. I didn't say you were mad. I said you were offended. <laughs> you acted offended, sir. So let's move on to number eight. The ancient stone arrangement in Lake Success. Michigan. Success. Couple in, of bitches. In 2007... <laughs> While searching for the remains of shipwrecks. This one just gets me. I, I did not think about this. This is cool. This, one? this is cool. Well, in 2007, while uh, some scientists were searching for shipwrecks, uh, they discovered a stone structure about 40 feet below the surface of Lake Michigan. And this thing is thought to be about 9,000 years old. Isn't that amazing? Uh, this structure has been dubbed Michigan's equivalent of Stonehenge. And it was discovered by a professor of underwater archaeology at Northwestern Michigan University, Mark Holly, and his colleague, Brian Abbott. That's very specific. It is very Something specific. To be a professor, underwater archaeology. I mean, who knew that there, you could do such a thing? I mean, archaeology, yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of sites that are underwater, so I guess right. you can major in underwater archaeology, but who knew that there was a... Well, you know, there's probably only five of them in the entire goddamn world, right? Yeah, and two of them found this place they are in truly, 2007. They are truly the Indiana Joneses of Indiana Joneses. Yeah. Besides that are mm. cave archaeology. That, yeah. You know, there's, only, there's only two of them, and <laughs> one of them just died the other oh, God. five minutes ago. Oh, right. So one thing of particular interest about this was was a carving on one of the stones of a mastodon. Now, mastodons are believed to become extinct about ten thousand year ago, ten thousand years ago. So that's why one of the reasons why they they. I thought this thing I heard that mastodons went ext- the final mastodon. I thought I heard recently basically only went extinct when Egypt was building their pyramids. There's been I, I don't know I haven't heard that but you know they can, people look, often think often up. say that the pyramids are older than what we think you know when when did so when? Uh, the location of this site the exact location of this site is been kept a secret ten thousand so years ago yes okay all right and then subtract four that would be six, six. so six thousand BC they Maybe. were mess they were messing around in Sumeria Maybe. when they were still around. Maybe. So, as I was saying, the I location digress. of this underwater site, the exact locations, it's it's a secret. And this is part of an agreement with the local Native American tribes there who want to keep the amount of visitors down to a minimum. And I, I can't say that I blame them. No, and I mean, think mankind about it. Is, if nothing, we're destructive, right? Yes. And, you know, think about it. So, when, when the American... Native Americans migrated over on the land bridge, and then the sea level went up. There has to be sites there of, you know, that migration that we just won't find because they're buried up underwater. Right. But, and so that part of history is maybe lost to us forever unless it's for these, you know, super archaeologists that go and dig up stuff underwater, you know, and maybe they can find something. Right. Because other than that, we'll never know. No, we won't. And stuff being underwater, you know, depending on how long it's been there and the type of water and all that, 
it's going to get the water's not going to be kind to it. No, you know. Oh, and speaking of water, there's some um, not buried but flooded cities in India. You know, from the great the great war in in um, that um, Mahabharata, right? Where uh, they were flying around in their Vimanas, uh, right? Yeah, which are kind of weird shaped pyramids shooting laser beams and stuff out. Yes, yes. See, Indian, see, Hindu, Hindu uh, god stories can be totally sci-fiified. Yes. They sure can. You know, just like they did with Stargates in Stargate SG-1. Well, see, you know, that's part of the ancient alien theory is that they weren't really gods. They were ancient astronauts, ancient aliens, and this was their technology. That's right, because Ra was an alien, a Gua'uld, you know, a snake that goes up your head. Right. See, it all goes together. It can all be tied back to ancient aliens. Exactly. Exactly. So... Anyway, getting back to to this secret stone structure in uh, Lake Michigan, so the, the Native Americans want to keep the amount of visitors to a minimum, which I totally agree with. Now, there are a lot of mainstream scientists who are skeptical about this age, this date of 9,000 years, and even if it's got any relevance, a lot of them believe that the remains of it, that this is the remains of some sort of Stargate or wormhole. Uh, And the site has claimed several bizarre disappearances. There's been some disappearances related to it, and it's gained the title of the Michigan Triangle because of these weird goings-on. As if there isn't enough fucking strange things in Michigan. Right. (laughs) Now... In 1891... Y'all just can't leave well enough alone. You always got to one-up yourselves. In 1891, a schooner named the Thomas Hume vanished into thin air along with all seven of its crew while it was sailing on the lake. And in 1921, there were 11 people who were aboard uh, this uh, ship called the, the Rosa Bell, and they all disappeared without a trace. But the boat was found floating in the water. And jump ahead to 1937, while on board the O.M. McFarland, as it made its way along Lake Michigan, Captain Donner went to his quarters to get some rest after a long shift on deck. And three hours later, the second mate went in to wake his captain, and the door was locked from the inside. He knocked. There was no response. And he eventually broke down the door to the room and uh, found that the captain's quarter were empty. All the windows were locked shut. The door was locked from the inside. And Captain Donner was gone, just vanished into thin air. Man, all you had to say was just Lake Michigan. It's just that weird (laughs) shit just happens on Lake Michigan. Yeah, it does, right? So Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh yeah, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Who did that song? Um, Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. What like, a super mega hit for Gordon Lightfoot. I could just, I when you were song reading that story, I just had that song in my head playing in my head. Yeah. Because it just goes with that. Yeah. What a great hit. See, it would, this would be an excellent time to have some music. Song. 
Not that song. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just as a sound effect briefly. Mm. Mm. Sorry, all my Call sound back. effects on my board are full at the moment. That's my excuse. Okay. All right. So let's go to number seven. All the way to Wiltshire, England. Another Stonehenge. It's Stonehenge in yeah. Wiltshire, England. <laughs> it's not another Stonehenge. It's, it's the Stonehenge, the Stonehenge, dude. What do you think about that Georgia Stonehenge? Oh, the one that's got all the writing and stuff on it about how to be a good person and all yeah, that shit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, think about what about it? I mean, some dude paid to have it built and all that crap put on it. I mean, and, and yeah, so it's what? just the you, you know what the big mystery is. What? Who did it? Like, who's the who's the the money bags behind it and why? That's the mystery there. I mean, and there's people who know, but the people who know aren't talking because this dude said, you know, I don't want you to um, tell who I am, and I. Th- think he gave him money or donated money to a cause or something like that. There was money exchanged somehow or something like that. Creepy but, clock. but the people aren't talking. I mean, they're just they're just not going to do it. Hmm. So we might not ever know until after this dude dies, you know, if he's not dead already. So, Do you know anything about what's written on it? Uh, yes, but please don't ask me to tell you because I, I have long since forgotten. But it's basically, I think, telling you how to – Live your life, I think, is basically kind of what it is. Okay. Kind of like a version of the Ten Commandments or something like that. Don't, don't quote me on that because Be it's awesome been a long time since I've, I've looked stuff up about it. But Awesome. Be awesome. Yeah. Well, that's Be it. Be awesome to one another. My job here is done then. All right. I'm awesome. Here we go. So let's talk about Stonehenge in Wiltshire, England. Now, this is probably about the most well-known structure. The classic. On the planet here. If this is in a Stargate, I have have no idea what it is. Exactly. Stonehenge is the ancient rock formation over in Wiltshire, England, and it's one of the most contested and debated sites in history, both as to when it was built and to what its true purpose might have been. Mainstream historians claim that this famous arrangement was built around 5,000 years ago, partly from bluestones that were quarried from another site that was uh, about 240 miles away. In Wales. Right. and Where the fucking mountains are. Now, and then now they are those that all that shit that all claim? the way back over the... I, I know, but that's so fucking wild. It's like, hey, dude, let's go get a rock. <laughs> okay, let's do this like a million fucking not more just, times. Not just any rock. Bluestone. Why, why bluestone? I don't know. I don't know either. That's one of the things. Now... Maybe they sing, you know, when they're harmonized at a certain harmonic vibration and mm. then they make rocks levitate or some shit like that. We don't know. We don't know. Geologists. Of course they know because if you do it, it opens a blue pinnacle and then you can <laughs> go to, you know, another level on. Yeah, you get to go to game. another planet. Right. Now, there's a geologist by the name of Brian John, and he says that there's no evidence for the claim that uh, this alleged quarry uh, for the bluestones even existed. And it's said that when the first settlements were built in the area around 5,000 years ago, Stonehenge well, was you know, already know exactly there and it why was fully built. Because that was the first four fucking ones <laughs> they got to. <laughs> they were the closest rocks we had. Maybe. They now, were blue. One of the most interesting things about this is that it's uh, 
supposedly that it sits where uh, 14 ley lines converge. And some feel that this site, along with some other similar ancient sites, that this essentially makes it an energy portal or a stargate because it has so many ley lines that are crisscrossing right there at it. Right, and you know sometimes the sun comes up in between the <laughs> mm-hmm. in the things too. Right, at, at certain times certain of the year, solstice, summer right. solstice. That's where you sac- That's where you make the sacrifice. So make the sacrifices. Now, at least one. I like that part. Sacrifice. Yeah, sacrifices. At least one incident in recent history may support this this theory about it being a, a stargate. August nineteen seventy one. There were a group of hippies who apparently disappeared at Stonehenge while trying to tap into the vibrations of the site. Supposedly, this is the dawning of the (laughs) age of Aquarius. Being in their tambourines and bongos and stuff. Now, supposedly, sometime around... You can dig it, man. (laughs) Supposedly, sometime around 2 o'clock in the morning, without any type of warning whatsoever, lightning bolts suddenly struck there at Stonehenge, and a severe storm was unleashed into the area. And according to the story, a police officer who just so happened to be on duty and in that very area at this exact time said that a blue light was coming from the stones. And there was a local farmer who also saw this. He was up at 2 o'clock in the morning, I guess, getting ready to farm. See, I, I told know. you about those fucking blue pinnacles, pentagrams in the stone circle, man. They take you to and, the next zone. <laughs> and also, supposedly, screams. Diablo. That's the game I'm trying to think about. It's Diablo. Okay. I don't know what that is. So, so Computer game. So, also, screams could be heard coming from the area. And by the time the police officer made his way to the site, the only thing that was left was an odd tent peg from these hippies from their tents and the remains of a campfire. And they're just gone. And they were just gone. Everything except for some tent pegs and an old fire. They traveled to the Atlantis dimension. Who knows where they traveled to? You know, who know who knows what they were doing at the time? If they were there specifically trying to tap into the vibrations of the site, did they actually do it? Or when the lightning struck because of the, the freak storm or whatever, did that enhance what they were doing and cause them to, you know, disappear? It's because they were having a pagan fertility ceremony. And it either was very painful are scared the hell out of them because they heard screams, right? So Not necessarily. Did it it kill them or did it just, you know, startle them so bad when it transported them to whatever dimension? They were having such hot sex that lightning Mm. struck and took them to heaven. (laughs) Or maybe took them to hell because they were defiling a (laughs) sacred ancient religious site. Now, one of the things I have been oh, to come Stonehenge. on, it's paganism for God's <laughs> sakes. Have you ever been to Stonehenge, sir? No, I have I not. have been to Stonehenge. And let me tell you, it was kind of disappointing. Really? Yes. Because all the all the aerial pictures and everything that you see on TV, it makes it look like it's in the middle of a goddamn field in the middle of nowhere. Right. 
No, dude, there are two major highways that run right beside it. Cars, zippity-doo-dah out there all the time. Right on the interstate. Yeah. Oh, there's Stonehenge. Yeah, exactly. Huh. And because... Look, kids, Big Ben, Parliament. Because us humans are so destructive, they've had to put uh, a barrier around it that's so far away from it that you can't even really get close to it. I had, in my mind... I had envisions of being able to walk well, in. Jesus, if to it's that close to an site, interstate, that would at least make sense. But I, I just had these. I mean, visions. why is that not a national park or something like it this? It is, but there's a damn interstate running on either side of it. As a matter of fact, the parking lot is across the goddamn interstate from where the Stonehenge is. You had to walk underneath a tunnel under the interstate. To get to the other side where you can go up to Stonehenge. Damn. They certainly and, don't try and make it easy, do they? And like I said, I had a, had this vision of I'm going to be able to walk amongst the stones and, you know, like put my hands on it and maybe feel the vibrations, you know. But they won't let you. But you can't. No, dude, you, you can't get anywhere close to it. And it's because That's of probably a vandals. good thing. You're right. Yeah, it is. But it's, it's but sad don't, at the same don't time. Don't they let people, don't they let Druids and Celtic worshippers in certain at least times once of the a year. year. Yes, yes, at certain times of the year. And you Thank still, goodness for that. Still, even though you're kind of far off from it, you can still um, feel that there's something there. You know, the place doesn't feel like a normal place. Right, right. And I don't know how, how to describe that. Uh, so don't ask. I, I have no idea. No, how to I get it. I get you. But yeah, all, so the, all the shit I've seen out west. Oh yeah, I get you. <laughs> so yeah, so pictures just don't do it justice. Sometimes that is very true. That is very true. So let's move on to number six: the ancient Sumerian stargate at the Euphrates River. My favorite. Yes. So past historic civilization, except the Minoans. Mine too. It's always Sumerians to- is mine too. It's always a toss up between Sumerians and Minoans for me. It's the Sumerians the for me, hands also. down. Minoans are cool, but Sumerians has it for me. So they were the first. Right. There's a famous Sumerian seal that shows a Sumerian god appearing from a portal of his world into our world. And he appears to be on a staircase that's moving away from the person that's viewing this seal. And on each side of this god, there's a strange shimmering column of water. Uh, and aren't you describing Inky? You're describing Inky. Inky was the water god. Yeah. And he has water coming out both of his sides mm-hmm. with fish in it. Right. Another Sumerian artifact that claims to show evidence of stargates is that of Ninurta. You know Ninurta, yes. right? Yes. Ninurta not only appears to be wearing a modern-day wristwatch, but is also using his finger to press what appears to be a button on the wall of the gateway that he's standing in. You know why? So, because Sitchin was right. <laughs> <laughs> so so you were talking about the first seal that I was saying you were saying isn't that inky. Yeah. And it because he's the, the water god, right? Right. He's so, Aquarius. He right. is my so these str- zodiac sign. These strange shimmering columns of water. I am a disciple of Enki. Okay. Yes, I am a disciple of Enki. Okay. I totally believe that. I do. I believe I that. have seen him in the sky. Mm. 
in the form of a constellation. Yes. Yes. So, because that's what Sumerians did. They actually looked up in the skies and mm-hmm. they were able to see their gods. I mean, they could point right to them, for God's sakes. Right. You know, there's Ishtar. There's Marduk. That's cool. And not, not to mention the fact that the guys were physically walking around, am- around amongst them, too. So right. there's that. that. So these shimmering columns of, of water, they're saying that instead of it being shimmering columns of water, that it could be, you know, the effects of the Stargate. He's going into the Stargate. Well, and of course you know, it does. That's what a Stargate looks like. You know, you know kind of like um, when they back in the 70s where they used to do flashbacks and everything got all wavy on the TV screen. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah, that's what they're saying. So um, there is an author named Elizabeth Vega. I always wish that they had did more Sumerian gods on Stargate SG-1 than they did. I don't know that they did any because I did didn't more. watch the show. Well, actually, no. They, they, were in, they were in a ziggurat from Tiamat that, that was neither here nor there. Okay. No, they did Tiamat, and then they did one more god. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Marduk or something. It was a fish thingy. It was one of the earlier episodes. That was, I was if that was that might have been Inky. Could been. I think that was one of his. Yeah, they was the fish I, in in SG one. They did two Sumerian episodes. One with sort of like a fish god, and then another one that was in the ziggurat of a god, and okay. it turned. It was a really cool. So it had like a, a giant spider that was hunting them in a dark pyramid. Okay. Yeah, it was really cool. That sounds so like tripping balls right there. That's why Stargate SG-1 was awesome, man. <laughs> so there's an author named Elizabeth Fagan who's written several books about uh, ancient Sumerian gods and kings and their alleged use of stargates. Gilgamesh is like my favorite story of all time. One of her main conclusions is that there's a stargate in the Euphrates River and that it's been buried and lost under the ruins of uh, Eridu, which is an ancient Mesopotamian city. And it's been lost for thousands of years. And she also states that the biblical verse in chapter 9 of the book of Revelation talks about stargates. And... This is how the verse goes. Then the fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from heaven to earth, and it was given the key to the pit of the abyss. The star opened the pit of the abyss, and smoke rose out of it like smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke from the pit, and out of the smoke locusts descended on the earth. And she's saying that that is talking about stargates. Man, those motherfuckers were high. (laughs) (laughs) Could have been. Now, although most scholars would agree that the word abyss refers to a large body of water, Vega argues that as it's used in ancient texts, it's more likely to have a meaning more like a portal. So that's why she's saying that this is referring to a Stargate. Why not, man? That would make a cool episode. It would make a cool episode, but unfortunately that show's been long canceled. It stayed on the air for ten motherfucking years. It was awesome. And it's canceled. Well, of course it's it's no longer on the air. That's correct. Well, no, it does play in reruns very frequently. No new episodes. No. 
So did the ser- series have anything to do with the movie? Because I saw the movie. Yes. So it was based on the movie? Yes. Okay. But it didn't have Kurt Russell in it? No. Okay. It had MacGyver in it. Right. So those are the top five of my ten lists. And Daniel Jackson, who is married to, uh, what's her name, Lexi Dowig from Andromeda. Okay. Which has nothing to do with this podcast at all. Lexi Dowig has everything to do with everything. Mm. So the top five, or the bottom five of my ten list, number ten, The Gate of the Gods in Hayumarca, Peru. Number nine, Abu Ghraib, Egypt, the place of the gods. Number eight, Ancient Stone Arrangement in Lake Michigan. Number seven, Stonehenge in Wiltshire, England. And number six, the Ancient Sumerian Stargates at the Euphrates River. So now we're going to go on to the top five. Number five. Everybody's probably heard of this one. Tijuana in Bolivia, the Gate of the Sun. If you watch Ancient Aliens, you have heard definitely of Abu Ghraib. And you've definitely heard of this one. Tiwanaku. Tiwanaku. Where they have the H blocks. Mm-hmm. Now, this is believed by... Which absolutely trips me out. I have no idea how... The, I have no well, idea nobody how does. they fucking did this That's shit. why it trips people out, because nobody really knows how they did it. I mean, okay, archaeologists, step up. Explain this to me. I, I want to know how these are done. Please. They are still trying to explain it to this day, so... Good luck in getting your answer. So, believed by some to be a portal to the land of the gods, the Gate of the Sun in Bolivia, has it shares a lot of legends with other similar sites in the Andes region. That's It, it makes me so sad that we will never know about these civilizations that lived in the Andes. The Moche and God knows what other tribes that you know, just leave cryptic, mysterious. Well, we know as much about them as what we can. Unfortunately, because they didn't really have any written I know. They had no writing. All of our shit's speculative. I know. Leaving leaving those mummies behind up in the Andes. Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of civilizations were they? And we'll know nothing about them. It will remain a Only what we can discern from studying what Probably forever. Now, Tijuana City is said to be one of the most important sites of ancient America. Legends state that the sun god, Viracocha, appeared in Tijuana and made it the place of creation, the place that he chose to start the human race. Now, because let me tell you, life up there in those mountains, it sucks, (laughs) y'all. It truly sucks. Have you been there? I have not been to that place, but at that altitude, that's really fucking high. You know, You're just saying altitude-wise, you know it sucks because you've lived at altitude. Well, I've been up at altitude, and try, and I can imagine trying to make a, a living or living in a town up in there, and it's it would be rough. Okay. You I know, can... I, I see you're coming. Not from. able to grow a lot of food, you know, access to water, maybe not not predictable. You know, not a lot of arable land to go grow crops, right? It's right. difficult to get anywhere around in, you know, because you're having to go uphill, downhill, uphill, downhill all the fucking time. It's not exactly uh, an ideal spot for a civilization, you know? Exactly. So, carved from one block of stone and thought to be around 14,000 years old, 
This gateway displays what appear to be human beings with, um, I guess for lack of a better description, rectangular helmets. You know, because it gets fucking cold up there at night, and there's not a lot of firewood. So, What does that have to do with, with rectangular helmets? Well, that's how they made all their shit from alpaca wool. That's that's That was their only defense against the cold was alpaca wool. So, you know, they had llamas everywhere. Okay. And their hats were made out of llama wool. Which were rectangular? Right. Okay. That's an interesting speculation. So, these pictures of human beings with rectangular helmets, this led many researchers to state the purpose of the gate is... Well, it's connected to something astronomical, although this is one of, you know, it's a, it's a d- hotly debated topic here. And the top middle of the arch features a carving of the supposed sun god and shows what look to be rays of light appearing behind and forcing their way around all sides of the head of this deity. And it although it like now stands upright when it was found by European explorers sometime in the mid-1800s, it, they said that it was have been lying horizontally, and it also appears to have a large crack in the top right of the arch that we don't know how this happened. So at the top of this arch, there's a picture that looks like what could be a god or a being going through a stargate because, once again, we have these these rays, much like what we were talking about with the the inky god with the, the what looked to be water, the wavy lines. This is showing more straight rays, but still it could be depicting of a portal. So a lot of people believe that this gate of the sun was a stargate because that's how Viracocha You want to look at some trippy shit? Google moche sex pots. I have heard of those things. It was one of these civilizations up in the Antis, right? And they made pottery. Mm -hmm. Boy, did they make some pottery. Yeah, but those people have nothing to do with Stargates. And we're not talking about those people. We're talking about Stargates. I have to cut you off on that. So, number four. Ramasku Urana. Well, if they could Stargate make Stargate in if Sri they, Lanka. If they could make Stargates, they could make some interesting pottery, I hope. Yeah, they, they probably could. They probably could. Sri Lanka. Yeah. Sri Lanka. And I know I, I mispronounced that. The Ranmasu Urana? Uana? Uana? Ranmasu Uana? Yeah. Ramasu Ramasu Uana. We'll, U- we'll go with that one. Ramasu Uyana. Y-U-A-N-A. Uyana? Uyana. I don't know. Uyana. Ramasu Yuyana. There we go. I like that. Okay. We'll go Ramasu Yuyana in right. Sri Lanka. Now, this is carved on a massive piece of stone wall and mostly hidden behind the boulders and cave system of Ramasu Yuyana. And it's what to believe to be a star map or a, a star chart. Now, the symbols carved on the rock are said to be a code that opens the stargate and allows the opener to travel from this world to other areas of the universe. And directly opposite of the star map are four stone seats, 
chairs made out of stone. Right, right. I guess that's where you're going to sit for your ride. Right. And the name of the star chart is, and I'm going to totally just butcher this again, Sakala Shakaria, which is believed to mean the rotating circle of the universe. And according to... Sakala Chakraya? Yeah. Sakala Chakraya. Sakala Chakraya. Rotating circle of the universe. And according to Shinala interpretation, Sakwala means universe and Chakraya means a rotating circle or disc. So hence the translation, rotating circle of the universe. Now in many ancient Native American legends, stargates or portals were represented by rotating circles. Well, they had a mandala, right? Yeah. And similar star maps have also been found in other ancient sites that are said to be stargates, like the Abu Ghraib place in Egypt and many more ancient sites like the Andes of South America. Yet mainstream historians disregard the notion that the rotating circle of the universe is a portal or a stargate. But I think that's very interesting in the fact that you have a star chart on one wall and the other wall you have a place to sit and you and it's in the you know rotating circle of the universe and this goes back to this is where your your uh, oh man they had the dumbass honest, tv so show comes in stargate right. sg1 because how did they get from one place to the other what a rotating you circle you said my dumbass tv show yes did you fucking say that yes i did you're not going to survive this <laughs> episode so but really, that's how they got through in in the Stargate yes. TV show was a big rotating circle, and he had to dial it up right. to get to the place. So dial the gate, and and hence we have this place, Chevron the rotating Chevin circle locked. of the universe. Chevron Chevin is locked. Yeah, so I mean that goes perfectly hand in hand with that television show where they were dialing up stuff on a circle. Yes. To get to where they needed to go. Okay, here is something that is actually pertinent. Okay. Um, let me look. Let's this. see. There is this um, book called Lords of Light. I've heard um, of that book. It is uh, authored by Roger Zelaney, and it was released like some back time in like the late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. 1968. And it's it use it pretends that the Hindu gods were were real and they were like sci-fi super high tech um, overlords and they mm-hmm. used a resurrection technology to keep on resurrecting themselves right right and they were so essentially they were gods and you know normal people were actually these people on another planet. You know, so that sets up the whole gods as aliens thing right there from a sci-fi book back in 1968. So it this idea, you know, of ancient aliens, you know, has its germ way 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 back in the 60s. Oh yeah, that's when um Von Daniken was coming up with his theories. I don't think right. he wrote his book until the Maybe late sixties, early seventies, something. I think it was maybe early seventies. But yeah, he was coming up with his ancient astronaut theories back in the sixties. He was developing it. Maybe it might have been the the seed, you know. But he was definitely developing it back then. So yeah. So this 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 concept as a concept 
it has been floating around quite a while. For a while, yes. And it's just within the last, you know, decade that it's become super popular. Yes. So let's move on to number three. Another one of your favorite places, I'm sure. Abydos, Egypt. Oh, love Egypt. Abydos is one of the oldest cities of ancient Egypt, and it's probably one of the most important sites in Egyptology and certainly one of the most interesting for sure. Now, in particular, the Temple of Seti appears to show hieroglyphs of modern flying machines like a helicopter and uh, as well as some what would describe it as a flying saucer. And I'm sure... I've if, seen pictures of that. Yeah, I'm just going to say I'm sure if... if, if if anyone's listening to this podcast, they've probably seen Ancient Aliens and uh, on the History Channel, and they are always showing these on Ancient Aliens. And perhaps even more amazing is how a lot of the site was actually discovered. A lady named Dorothy Edie claimed to be the reincarnation of an Egyptian peasant girl, and she was this... This peasant girl was the secret lover of Pharaoh Seti. Ooh. Yeah. And she had become pregnant with Seti's child, but before he could learn about the pregnancy, she killed herself. What? No. Yeah. So, Girl, you just had the hookup forever. Yeah. So, well, he might have killed her anyway. He, she might have taken, he might have killed her in a more, you know, painful fashion. I don't know. So you fast forward now to the 20th century and Dorothy Edie was able to transcribe ancient Egyptian text and even knew where the archaeologists should dig to excavate the remains of this ancient city. <coughs> Isn't this the plot of the mummy? Uh, I don't think so. No. No. She seemingly knew where everything was, like where the secret chambers were and the location of the gardens. This is exactly the plot. Not the first one, but the second one. And by the time they discovered precisely where she said they would be, people very much believed that she was genuine. Um, Man, it's been so long since I've seen the Mummy movies. I don't know. I thought the second one had to do with their son. Yeah. Since I had a son, but you know, Evie kept on having dreams about you know her being back in the back in the day. Her and that other okay. chick in the movie were sisters, and they fought against each other. Okay. Anyway, I'll take your word for it. So, strangely, people also witnessed Dorothy Evie pressing on certain stones in the walls, like she was expecting something to happen whenever she pressed on them. It was like she was trying to open a secret door or gateway. In fact, she had already spoken about these hidden doors that that used to be there. And uh, you fast forward to 2003, a dude by the name of Michael Schratt, who was a military aerospace engineer, he said that Abydos did sit on a naturally occurring stargate. And even more controversially, that the U.S. government was very much aware of this and had actually utilized this stargate at different times in the past. Now, was this what Dorothy Edie was looking for when she was pressing on the stones and the walls? I don't know. Aside from the 
unusual helicopter hieroglyphs and the UFO hieroglyphs, comparisons have been made to the paintings of Egyptian boats that were said to carry its passengers to the next world and the stars, being very similar to how modern-day scientists would portray a wormhole, or at least the theory of a wormhole. If there's a wormhole anywhere, man, it's got to be. Yeah. I would tend to agree with you. And we've got two possible wormhole locations in Egypt on my top ten list. Right. Because it's Egypt. And how could you not? Who does not love ancient Egypt? Seriously, who? Ancient Um, Egypt is awesome. awesome. The violent military Muslim extremists. Well, fuck them. They don't. They don't like Durka anything. Durka motherfucker. They don't like. They don't like anybody yeah, other than other it's, violent it's, extremists. It's those types of bastards that Militant went around Muslims. and they destroyed. Um, oh, don't get me started on that with all this ancient Sumerian they stuff all that the they just did. Yeah, there. Don't 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 even get me started. They on had that. the Buddhas in in Afghanistan that they blew up. Mm-hmm. Those fucktards. Yep. I hate every single one of those. Bastards. Me too. Speaking of me too, let's move on to number two. Number two. Gobekli, go, go, I, even I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> Gobekli Tepe go in Turkey. Tepe. Gobekli Tepe in Turkey. This is one of the most interesting sites. Oh my god! It's totally also one of it, 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 it's also like the oldest stone temple in the world. I know, and it's like this is this is absolutely fucking amazing. It's one of the ancient, most ancient, ancient, mm-hmm. ancient sites. Mm-hmm. That we've ever found. Yep. And it was incredibly complex mm-hmm. and showed an amazing art style. And it's sort of like, okay, if this society rose and fell, how many others do we not know about? Exactly. And how many others are we missing? And it's very well preserved. It, I know. It's like perfect. It's, it's It shows that, it, in one sense to me, it proves that the birth of civilization, that transition from, you know, nomad to, you know, civilized town or village or anything like that, came in starts and stops and fits and spurts, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like ebbing like a tide. It didn't just happen. It rose and fell and rose and fell again, right? You know, like a toddler learning how to walk. <laughs> yep. So, Gobekli Tepe has several rings of huge T-shaped stone pillars, and each is engraved with a carving of an animal like a lion or a sheep. And a really fucking good one, too. And Mm -hmm. some of them that we don't know what the hell they are. Exactly. And two of the pillars sit in the middle of these circles, and this almost creates like like an archway. And this archway within these circles are said to be the remains of portals or stargates, which See, the ancient people who resided there used as a, a way to get to the what they call Sky World. Gobekli Tepe, that period of time, that's where Conan had his adventures in, in the age of Hyborian. That's that's what Gobekli Tepe represents, for God's sakes. Just an mm. absolute ancient lost civilization. Hell, any Atlantis and Lemuria could have been in and that period of time. Wow, too. you know, you, you, you bring that up, and it, it, it kind of 
Okay. So Conan was a Sumerian. Yes. What does that sound very similar to? Sounds awful fucking similar to Sumerian. Sumerian, right? I've just right. put that I've just put that connection together. Mm. Mm. Interesting. So anyway, these these tea columns in Gobekli Tepe are very similar to the Gate of the Gods at Hayumarca in Peru, which made number 10 on the list here. And interestingly, the Inca people spoke about a connection to you know the people from the Pallades star system, which is also T-shaped. The Anasazi also have a T-shaped window from New Mexico. I did not know that. Yes, Anasazi also have T-shaped windows. It's, it's very distinctive. Well, maybe there's a connection. I, absolutely, because there, there, in my personal belief, there is a connection between the Anasazi and the, uh, the cultures of central Mexico, like the Aztec. Okay, interesting. So, you know, it, maybe it got all the way down, up and down the, the mountains of the Americas. Maybe. Cool. Mm. So... Anyway, these uh, T-shaped columns. But yeah, oh yeah, go back like Tepe T-shaped columns. That's impressive. It's mm-hmm. like more impressive than Stonehenge. Not that Stonehenge is anything. Well, to, you know, you know Stonehenge they say lies at the convergence of like what fourteen ley lines. Right, right. Well, Gobekli Tepe is situated where two ley lines meet. So here we have more ley lines, right? And Less all the, ley lines at Gobekli. Although the site was recorded as far back as the 1960s, it wasn't until the uh, the mid-90s when the T-shaped pillars were discovered. And as for its true age, Gobekli Tepe, uh, some people estimate it to be around 12,000 years old. 12,000 years old. These, I mean, it, these ruins are traces of civilization of where you know, our root languages come from. That's where it got. The Indo-European is the granddaddy tree branch of all languages on the planet. Most of them, anyway. And these people spoke it. Mm -hmm. They had to. So that leaves us with only one. So if you start back at number 10. Only one left. You have the Gate of the Gods in Hayumarca, Peru. Number nine, Abu Ghraib, Egypt, the Place of the Gods. Number eight, the Ancient Stone Arrangements in Lake Michigan. Number seven, Stonehenge in Wiltshire, England. Number six, the Ancient Sumerian Stargate at the Euphrates River. Number five, Tiahuanco, Bolivia, the Gate of the Sun. Number four, Bamasku, Urana, Stargate, in Sri Lanka. Number three, Abydos, Egypt. Number two, which we just got finished talking about, Gobekli Tepe in Turkey. And my number one place where a Stargate would be, Sedona Vortex is in the doorway of the gods. Yes. Now, Sedona is a small town in Arizona, and it was once known by the Native American tribes as Nawanda. And at one time, it was a most sacred city to these people. And it's said that the red rocks of the deserts that surround this town create vortexes with the capability of transporting people to another realm or another dimension or something like that. Well, let me tell you what. 
people there are from another world. Yeah, dimension. I have been there. I, I have been there too. Yeah. Beautiful town. Sedona is fucking beautiful. Beautiful. I it would love to live gorgeous. in Sedona if I could afford it. Absolutely. I would move there in a heartbeat if Not I could afford it. Not many people could afford it. Exactly. So they're all from California. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, Native Americans believed that these red rocks were spiritually charged while sounds emanating from them have actually been reported. And in the mountains of Arizona, there are claims to be places that are called doorways of the gods. And there's a strange stone arch that's a portal to another time and space. I, I never saw that while I was there. I never saw one of those two. But I, I have been there when there have been pop-up thunderstorms and stuff like that. And oh, the, there was no thunderstorm when I was there. The echoes that you get through those canyons are, oh. sort, are so impressive. Yes. You would believe that a god was descending upon you, you know, when I the, can't imagine when the thunderclap starts echoing around those. Canyons. I can imagine it it's was clear impressive. and beautiful while I was there, so I did not get to oh, experience that. God, it was so impressive. Now, in the 1950s, there was a local tribesman who was uh, he was actually aiding treasure hunters. They were searching for gold in the mountains, and he told them a story of his people dating back to sometime in the 1800s. And there were the story goes that there were three tribesmen who had discovered this aforementioned archway while they were just out you know, riding their horses in the desert. And the story goes that when one of them walked through the archway, he just poof, disappeared. And the other two believed that they had encroached on some sort of like sacred land and had angered a, a god or something like that. They turned around and, and fled. They left. Now... This tribesman also goes on to state that he had also himself seen a strange incident at this alleged doorway. So while he was out in the desert, there was a sudden rainstorm that hit the area, and it turned the skies, of course, you know, gray with clouds. And as he turned around to leave, he caught a glimpse of the archway and saw that the skies through the archway on the other side were clear blue no gray rain or anything like that. And so this piqued his interest, and he walked closer to it, seeing that the archway's image of the mountain range was the same, and the only difference was the sky. However, he got scared and got on his horse and went back home. Didn't go through. So he told these treasure hunters that only his people knew about these stories. And he had only spoke of it because they had shown him kindness and he was trying to give them a warning not to walk through the archway should they come to it. This right. sounds very much like a Stargate. Yes. Now, the problem with this is that if you're looking through this Stargate, you're not seeing another world, are you? You're just, uh, or, or are you? Because he said he was seeing this, this normal mountain ranges and stuff that you would expect to see there, just the sky was clear blue. Sounds like, he, sounds like he could see through that one to me. Like a parallel dimension, maybe? Yeah. 
Because this is the only one. We're looking through the looking glass. Yeah, yeah. This is the only one that we have talked about that. Why can't kind a wormhole of, look like that? It totally could look like that. Well, this is the only one that we've talked about that's kind of given us the impression that this was not taking you to another, like, planet or another star system, but this was taking you to, like, a parallel Yes, exactly. That's, that's exactly what you were describing, yes. And you jump through, and there's Joan Collins, and Captain Kirk falls in love with her, and right. Spock has to hide his ears under a toboggan. And exactly. Am I rem- remembering this it episode, It is the gateway right? of, yes, that is okay. the gateway of forever. We're yeah. the guardian of forever. God, you slapped me. I know, you suck. Cannot believe I said that wrong. You must go kill yourself immediately. Guardian of forever. Yeah. So, out of all of these, this is the only one where I think is not taking you to a a, a different location as far as, you know, planet or star system. This is taking you to a different dimension. It's like it's a sliders. parallel dimension. It's like sliders. Yeah. Or it could be some sort of time slip. Yeah. Maybe he was seeing the past totally. through the gateway. Totally. Or seeing the future through the Since gateway. Since wormhole would alter time as well as space. Exactly. You know, which is why it breaks causality and it might not exist, but except on like time, space. Right. So while you were in Sedona, did you go to any alleged vortexes? Did you... I walked around some, you know, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful weather. But did you go to a place that was supposedly a vortex that you, uh, that you knew of? No, not that I know of. I did. I did. And I didn't experience anything. Um, there's I had, a, I had no, I had no wild experience. I brought back some blue rocks. They had, it's these red rocks, but it had this bluish green patina on it. I've never seen anything like it before. That's so it was really wild. When you look down, you could see the it, almost a turquoise green, bluish green, uh, right against the red, kind of in an Ojibwe pattern. It was really awesome. It's be- it's totally beautiful out there. I've got on the the uh, way up in the canyons too. As you're driving back from Sedona up to Flagstaff, oh God, some of the most beautiful country I've ever seen in my entire mm-hmm. life. I would love to go camping out there and, you know, just rent a cabin and stay out there for a week and just do nothing but hike every day. On the, one of the walls in the hallway of my home, I have a picture that is, that I made from when I was in Sedona at a supposed vortex. And it's one of the giant, not giant, but it's, it's of a, of a cliff or rock cliff. Right. And the moon is coming up over the rock cliff. Oh yeah. And I took it with a filter. That's a sepia filter. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very cool picture. I got that hanging. uh, Oh, I know the one you're talking about. You've been to my home. Yeah. You've seen it. I know the one you're talking about. But of course, you know, Sedona is one of the many can beautiful Canyon areas in the Southwest, you know, any time that you have a highland break out into a canyon, that valley that runs from it, it's just absolutely, yep. unbelievably, undescribably gorgeous. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So if anybody has a chance to get out to the Southwest and go into some of these canyon areas, um, 
it, t- please take the opportunity to do, to do it. You will not regret it. Yep. It's beautiful. And definitely go uh, try to find a vortex or two. Right. And then let me know. Because you'll find one somewhere. Yeah, let me know uh, what happens whenever you go through it. <laughs> oh, so here's here's a tangent of interest. Um, so in the story A Princess of Mars by Edgar Rice Burroughs, published in 1912, the, Edgar, the same Edgar Rice Burroughs who wrote the Tarzan, Tarzan. stories. Yeah, it's totally right. a Stargate story. Right. So That's where we get John Carter. John Carter, Mars. a Confederate veteran of the American Civil War, reading from the Wikipedia right here, goes prospecting in Arizona immediately after the end of the Civil War. Having struck a vein rich in gold, he runs afoul of the Apaches while attempting to evade pursuit by hiding in a sacred cave. He mysteriously, he is mysteriously transported to Mars. He went through a Stargate. Right. So, this coming from the classic, you know, science fiction adventure author Edgar Rice Burroughs, back in 1912, that was wasn't that that was like the golden age of science fiction. This is where like Flash Gordon shit comes from. <laughs> yeah, you know. So this cool the the this idea of Stargates, yeah. some way to get it, some magical way to get us from here to there. You know, they made a movie ab- about that. They did, and it wasn't such a bad movie. Mm. It could have been worse. Could have been better too. No, could have been a lot better. I thought the visuals were just absolutely stunning yeah. in it. I think they tried too hard to visually stun us. And Mo- they, they, they most movies I just have to turn off the sound for and just watch the visuals. Yeah, they did not do good on the script. They concentrated too much on the visuals and. Another movie that was like that, too, was recently there was a movie called The Gods of Egypt. Oh, boo. Yeah, that was oh. de- that was definitely one where you just had to turn the sound off and just watch it. Yeah, yeah, that was horrible. Because the story was just absolute dog shit. Yeah. But it was, was, was be- but it was the most <laughs> beautiful dog shit I think I've seen yeah. in a long, long time. <laughs> there was another, uh. and then another movie like that in a similar vein was... There was this movie called uh, Jupiter Ascending or something like that. Yes, yes. That was also a pretty bad movie. That It was just but terribly beautiful. Well, you know, Mila Kunis isn't the best actress in the world. No. We're, we're no. going to go with that. She should stick to stuff like Bad Moms and Ted. Right. You know, that was supposed to be her big breakout, uh, I don't know, bankable, I'm, I can carry a movie all by myself type type deal, you know, and it didn't work out, you know. So, anyway. That I, I mean, honestly, I would just turn off the volume and just watch her, <laughs> and I'd be yeah. okay with that. Yeah, I got you. Well, that about does it for tonight. Thanks for uh, sitting in in the co-host chair and talking about Stargates every once in a while. My pleasure. Me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. We'll have to get you back before yeah. much longer. Anytime. And uh, to all my listeners out there, thanks for listening. And keep those suggestions coming in. Matt, like I said, this was all for you. I got you. I'm sending you a mug, Matt, if you haven't gotten it already. So thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. So uh, before we get ready to close everything on out, I want you to listen to one more thing here. Do you like being scared? Does the feeling of your throat tightening fear? Maybe you're unable to scream excitement. 
answer to these questions is yes, then you should listen to Scared to Death, Stories of Suspense, Science Fiction, and Horror. Scared to Death airs the third Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Tune in for the fright of your life. <laughs> are going in the world? Have you always wanted to save whatever was on your mind without having to listen to some bitch about it or suffer any repercussions? Well, me too. That's why I created the Set It Off podcast. I'm sick and tired of the stupidity that's going on around here, and I'm going to let everybody know how I feel about it. So hop on board this train and fasten your seatbelt because I'm about to set it off. Set It Off can be heard on your favorite podcast station. New episodes drop on the fourth Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. You never know what I'm going to say next. Everybody, I hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode of Parareality. If you want to leave a comment about it or anything else about the podcast, let me tell you how you can get in touch with me here because there are a few ways you can go about it, and here they are. Best way to do it is simply to email me. My email address is sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Or you can always do the social media account route. You can find me on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. You can post a message on my wall there or send me a DM. Slide right into my DMs if you want to there on Facebook. And if you have a Twitter or an Instagram account, you can follow me on both of those as well. My username on both of those is at Radio. That's at Radio. You can just tweet me or message me on Instagram or Twitter. Slide into my DMs there too, man. Just slide into my DMs everywhere. Yeah, if you want to slide, if you're about sliding into some DMs, I give you permission to slide into all of my DMs. My username on Twitter and Instagram, once again, is at Radio, or you can get in touch with me on Facebook, Sandman.Parareality on Facebook. Finally, you can always call the podcast. I got a line right here to the secret bunker. The number is 615-692-692. 1170. That number is again is 615-692-1170. Just call, leave me a message on the secret studio line here in the bunker. But I want you to remember this. If you do decide to leave me a message, you are giving me permission to play your comment back on the show. So if you don't want that to happen, you'll need to let me know somewhere in your message. Now, I'm always looking for interesting stories for the podcast or podcast you know, episode ideas. So if you've got a story that you'd like to get on the show, tell it to me over the voicemail. There's a, uh, I think it's a three-minute time limit on the voicemail. So if you run out of time, just call back and pick up right where you left off. So those are all the different ways you can get in touch with me, Sandman, here on Parareality. 
And also, don't forget to visit my website, payrollreality.com. That's a place where you can keep up with all of the latest paranormal news from all around the world. I've got an entire page of the website devoted to that very topic. It's called the Paranews section of the website, and the content is updated almost daily. You can also shop around in the Parareality store, watch some of the terrible show videos that I've made for, for the podcast over the years, and listen to the podcast archives. All are free, by the way. I got tons of audio on my website from various incarnations of Parareality throughout the years, along with my other podcasts, my companion podcast, my side projects, as I call them, Set It Off and Scared to Death, both of which you just heard about here just a few minutes ago. What are you doing for Scared to Death? Ooh, Scared to Death is where I play uh, radio dramas, horror and science fiction. Yes, it is. Is, is What what do you plan on doing for Scared to Death? I'm curious. My next one? Yeah. I don't have one just yet. I just finished up a four- uh, four chapter story arc that was um, Kolshak the Night Stalker. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And uh, so I wanted to kick it off with something like you know something with a big bang, and I thought Kolshak was great. Uh, but I'm I'm mainly gonna concentrate on like radio programs from the 40s and 50s. Okay. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna have next, but it's gonna be something from the horror and science fiction genre because that's what I s- specialize in on that. Cool. That's why it's called Scared to Death. Because right. it'll scare the hell out of you, scare you to death. Scare the pants right off of you, and then you're dead. It'll scare you right to death. There you go. So, uh, yeah, you can Damn, also. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> you can also hear. Scare you right to death, it will. There you go. You can also hear my other side tell you something. project, <laughs> Set It Off, which can be found on the podcast archives right there. Oh, and uh, you can find all that content for free on the archive section of the website, and that's at www.parareality.com. So make sure that you check it out. Parareality can be heard on your favorite podcast station. Just search for Parareality. That's all you got to do. And if you got a smart speaker, you can listen there too. So if you got any of the those uh, podcast skills on your device, just say, "Hey, play the Parareality podcast." Now, I also have a YouTube account, and I get I post all of the audio for the uh, podcast up on my YouTube account there. But it's also got some great videos, like some UFO and paranormal documentaries. It's got documentaries on chemtrails. Uh, it's got some videos, short videos that I've shot over the years. Uh, News of the Strange. It's got some of my personal chemtrail videos up there, and it's got some of those terrible videos that I did on my very, very short-lived web TV show, which was absolutely horrible. I don't recommend uh, watching it, but if you do, uh, just be warned it's horrible. But I put it up there for your entertainment. Well, don't feel so bad. You, know, <laughs> you did make me intro music, and that's yeah. pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. That, that's, I'm, I'm so touched. <laughs> I truly am. So to find my YouTube channel, just go to youtube.com slash user slash parareality1. That's parareality, the number one. Well, everyone, once again, want to say thanks for listening tonight. Thanks to Matt for making the suggestion about Stargates. Matt, I got something Thank coming you, to you. And thanks to co-host over there sitting in the co-pilot's chair, Woo-hoo. Mr. John Harrison, everybody. Thank you, Mr. Thank Harrison, you, thank you, thank for you, being Sandman. on Parareality. The next episode of the podcast is going to air on Friday, May 21st at 8 o'clock p.m. 
Central U.S. time. So make sure that you turn on, tune in, and find out. As always, I hope that this podcast opens up your mind for new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope you have a wonderful evening, wonderful weekend, and I'll see you guys again in a couple of weeks. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.